Chapter Seven of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Francis Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. The morning after her interview with McGilvery, Jessamine waked restless and dissatisfied. Her pretty scheme, running so merrily along the ways of self-content, had met with something in the nature of an upset had miss halliday been living in london or anywhere within call of a fashionable friend who might come in to make the morning hours vapid with talk her temper might have discharged some sparks but mrs mackenzie's atmosphere and the necessities of the day excluded the privileges of spleen as well be spiteful in the front of a milk cow as in the eye of mrs mackenzie she lived aloof irradiating kindliness and vigor understanding nothing of the ins and outs of sensitiveness and fine feelings but effacing these distempers by a beatific wholesomeness so that jessamine who appeared with sombre eyes and brow and an air of inscrutable melancholy found herself compelled into an ordinary mood and was finally driven by the sheer force of circumstances to help in the hayfield a day or two after rather to her astonishment she found herself on mcgillfrey's land stepping round as it were to make inquiries as to the progress of his hay as she came near him in the hayfield he looked up desisted from his labor lifted his straw hat courteously then setting the scythe to the ground took a wide sweep of the steel through the hay and carried himself by the strong leisurely movement a yard or two from her jessamine shrank back hastily an unconquerable something kept turning its uncouth back upon her that evening she somewhat flagged in the ardor of her application she relieved mrs mackenzie from her impetuous energy by going out for a walk upon coming back she heard unusual sounds issuing from the open door of the kitchen it was her custom to enter by the porch though her apartments might be reached by another door the doctor's counsel had run thus return to simplicity of life and do serviceable work and jessamine very carefully practised the maxim by an observance as minute as that of a pharisee of old she therefore repudiated the entrance set apart for herself and took by choice the ordinary way her step was light indeed curiosity prompted caution the kitchen was filled for the moment by the weird sound which in the highlands is strangely called singing and she reached the threshold unheard and stood there unseen to look upon the scene within mr and mrs mackenzie sat side by side mrs mackenzie was knitting but she glanced now and then at a book which her husband held both were singing little maisie their only child stood between her father's knees listening her round grave eyes were however fixed in awe and admiration upon a fourth figure who sat opposite 
of this visitor jessamine could see no more than one broad shoulder and a portion of a sturdy neck and head for he was seated with his back to the window a little withdrawn behind the door but in him she at once recognized colin mcgillivray there was one other figure which she could see entirely this was a small boy one of Maisie's numerous companions. He stood with his small elbows folded upon Colin's knee, and was gazing up into the man's face with a curiously fearless content. Jessamine beheld this picture undisturbed for the briefest moment. Then Maisie spoiled it by catching sight of her and pointing. The change was instantaneous. The song broke off and both men dropped their books mackenzie favoured her with the smile of indulgent humour which was his usual greeting mrs mackenzie exhibited faint signs of momentary perplexity and colin rising from his seat with his air of defiant respectfulness made the peasant's salute by touching his forehead with his hand without inclining his perverse head one inch from its uprightness Jessamine's eyes encountered this indifferent, unbending look, and it seemed to her that a tear ran scalding down her heart. She repaid Mackenzie's smile by a faint, fleeting dimple, and hurried through the kitchen with averted face, closing the inner door behind her. Here she paused anxious to know if the singing would recommence it would have been interesting to learn if colin's voice were rich and deep to suit the colour and quality of his eyes but no not a sound the silence of embarrassment enfolded the kitchen and before she reached the top of the stairs colin's step crunched the gravel outside and retreated from the house then jessamine entered her sitting-room threw off her hat and sat down by the unpropitiating square table with her elbows on it and her chin in her hands it is almost said she to herself as though i had died and been born again ugly she gazed at the table with blank eyes who cares for pretty jessamine said she dismally she listened again the hushed song made a painful silence in the cottage and the wind which murmured round did not fill it jessamine got up and wandered up and down the very small space of the chamber oh dear said she how real they are and how impossible to get inside it how they keep me off and how they reject me oh dear i don't want elegant trifles any more i want some good substantial bread to one so accustomed to court and welcome wherever she moved whose lightest word and act had been received with plaudits the experience was a bewildering one colin mcgillivray was the chief offender she began to wonder whether he really appreciated her beauty she was quite sure he did not approve of it of her that last thought set her mind running into all sorts of regions hitherto unexplored 
it was a much more severe discipline than dr cornerstone's stern instructions after all that was a sort of court for was not dr cornerstone taken up with her now colin ignored her three days afterward the hay was gathered in all except they said a small field of mcgillivray's and jessamine when the shadows lay long upon the ground and the scents of pine and heather were warm in the air went down to watch the final carrying she seated herself upon a bank under a rowan tree whose berries showed red among the leaves and watched the moving to and fro of the figures at work in the field only colin was there and a boy and a woman and only a few haycocks remained to be gathered and taken to the cart jessamine watched and waited until colin came and thrust his fork into the haycock near her side he freed one hand as he did so and lifted his cap with his unaltered air of courteous indifference may i help murmured jessamine timidly thank you you are most kind but we are all but finished now the boy led the cart up as he spoke and he turned with the load of hay suspended upon the fork to pitch it in but somehow a portion fell to the ground and jessamine rising with a sudden impulse stooped over it and gathered it up in her arms mcgillivray tranquilly deposited his share in the cart and then tossing aside his fork turned to relieve her thank you said he once more as his brown hands freed her from her burden you are most kind but jessamine lifted her eyes with wistful entreaty in them the entreaty not of a vain girl to be sexually flattered but of one human being to another for a recognition of service and she fancied that for a second mcgillivray's eye held her at a less distant range than before it was only for the briefest instant before the ripple of pleasure had time to rise in her heart he was standing by his cart again his back toward her and was turning his horse's head away from the field the hay was all lifted and jessamine was left alone in the sunny place with thoughts that dimly yearned after austerity and goodness after this during the next three weeks her encounters with colin became frequent with the hay season a habit had been formed of wandering about dolfaber when she met the owner she would pause with a pretty deference the color in her cheek and the wistful light in her eye and ask some questions about farming as these inquiries were at least to the point he would find leisure to stop and to reply to them carefully sometimes a momentary relaxation of his unbending manner recalled the faint beat of pleasure in the hayfield but oftener beneath his courtesy lurked sturdy defiance her acquaintance with the mackenzies had taken a simple cordiality of condition from the first but her acquaintance with mcgillivray 
was as a long journey upon an undiscovered winding road that has to be conquered by inches and where each corner rounded the same figure walks before the back toward one and the face averted End of chapter 7